Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It is Wednesday, June 15th. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And this is AV Cinema. And uh, today we're going to bring you some reactions to some shows that came out last week. Uh, we had the premiere of Miss Marvel, as well as, <coughs> as well as episode four of Obi Wan Kenobi. So I figure we'll start first with um, Obi Wan Kenobi. You feel all right with that? Yeah. All right. So we'll start first with Obi Wan. Get it over with. And <laughs> get it over with, baby. Initial reactions to episode uh, four. No, a lot of people are calling this the filler episode, and I would agree. This is a filler episode to some extent. Like, they had to get Leia back somehow, so it was necessary for the plot, but it didn't feel like there was any real plot progression besides that. And, like, no more special character development. Um, I mean, Obi-Wan kind of had that, that, whole, that whole moment in the, uh, in the vault, the tomb of fallen Jedi. But other than that, it, it did just feel like a filler episode. So question for you. Did you recognize any of the Jedi in the, in the tomb? Um, a lot of people are really trying to say that uh, Mace Windu is in the last shot of there. And I, I hope he isn't. I hope he's still alive, burned, and scarred, that we're going to see him come back. Like, I, I just want to see... Samuel L. Jackson show up at the end of Obi Wan and say surprise, and finish his uh, his mandatory line and like a post credit scene, like you know how uh, in uh, I I believe it's Captain Marvel where he's clicking the the pager at yeah. the end credits and he's like mother and then it just fades and you don't hear what he says. That would be the perfect stinger for Obi Wan. Kenobi credits. Hire me, Lucasfilm. Do it, I dare you. Yeah, in general, I felt pretty underwhelmed. You know, one part of it is because I felt like, in that, and in that scene in particular, I felt like we were supposed to recognize those Jedi. You know, like we would, <clears throat> we would cut to one scene of Leia and then come back, and Obi Wan's still looking at the faces of these Jedi, and. I feel like once he found out what it was, I understood. Like, I didn't need to keep seeing more of these Jedi, you know? Um, but I felt like it was there because he, we were supposed to establish, oh, look at these Jedi that you should recognize. And maybe that's just me being, like, cranky because I haven't seen Rebels and I haven't seen Clone Wars. Like, maybe one of those Jedis is in one of those tanks. But I just, like... But a apart from that... <laughs> My wife was very disappointed that Leia is still part of the story because I think she thought at the end of episode three Leia was safe when in fact she wasn't. <laughs> I don't know how she I don't know how she thought that, but um, I I think another yeah, 
I have more to complain about this episode than I do to like about this episode. I think there's some some little things about Obi-Wan. Like he's he's leaning more into the Force, more so than he has before. Um, and maybe, and again, maybe it's more like he's learning that he can still use the Force to protect the people who, you know, he de- deems worthy of protecting, such as Leia and um, that new character whose name escapes my mind right now. Uh, but you know, he's, he's realizing, you know, he can do this still as a Jedi, even though he feels like he might have failed in the past, but yeah, I feel like I had a lot more to gripe about in this episode than to love about it. So in my mind, this episode was kind of, kind of on the bad side for me. Yeah. See, like this wasn't my favorite episode. I think episode three was probably my favorite so far. And which is funny because episode three. Revenge of the Sith is probably one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, And I know it's not like a common... I I feel like for our generation, it's one of the more popular ones. But I... I, I, My thoughts on the whole Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi relationship is... I think it's really cool to see their relationship build. I mean, she named her son Ben. And so I... I feel like it's really cool to be getting that background of her relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi and seeing like her interaction because they do have a past together and it's it's interesting just to see their dynamic and how it works and have that grow. I know it's not really the most popular thing about this. I understand that people don't like Kid Leia. I get the point of like I was the one that brought up, like, I I don't like the saving the children storyline. Like, Mandalorian did it, Halo did it, now Obi-Wan is doing it. Um, it's like, move on. Move on from saving kids and introducing kid versions of characters. Um, like, I, I'm fine with them going way in the past and exploring other characters. Like, even if Yoda shows up in a High Republic era movie or show, I'd be fine with that. Or if, like, we saw the children of Ray Skywalker or whatever in a future movie. I'd be okay with that, but it's it's just weird when we're going and seeing I, I, I get that we're filling in the gaps. But why do we need to fill in the gaps? And so it it's just that question of why are we filling in the gaps when we already have something that's great. But Rogue One did a phenomenal job with adding a gap. And I, I, I don't think the movie is necessary, but I think it's a good movie. And so I'm curious to see how this is going to end. Hayden Christensen just teased today, uh, or the other day, that, uh, that there's going to be another fight scene. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to be a good one. But yeah, I don't know. What are your, do you have any other thoughts on this episode? I mean, I'm I'm one of those pessimistic people that's kind of like, I still don't see a need for why Leia needed to be here. Because, like, again, when I rewatched the original trilogy, the only tie she has to Obi-Wan for, per the first movie is that she served her father in the Clone Wars. And so, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But that's one thing. I've already established that. The other thing that really bothered me about this episode was that they thought and maybe it was just a ploy but it also seemed implied that she in fact did know 
was that Leia knew what the path was and where the stations were. Like, this is a child. And I understand that this child grows up to become Princess Leia. But I feel like even then, you know, it's all, I'm thinking about it. It's like Jojo Rabbit. Like, Jojo's mom, she didn't tell Jojo what she was doing for obvious reasons. Because he was a child, because he was wrapped up in something else. But also, you know, to kind of protect him, I feel like, to some degree. And I feel like, you know, there's no way Leia knew anything about that. She shouldn't have. And if she did, then Bill Organa, you a bad dad. You a bad teacher. That's all I think. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that that whole interrogation really bothered me. Like, I was just like, there's no way this kid knows anything about it. Yeah, the Reva interrogating a child was just really weird and awkward. But I won't go into that. I The one thing I did like, and I know you said you weren't that big of a fan of this, but, like, all of the Easter eggs. Um, with all of the Jedi in their, in their tombs, um, with the little kid Jedi at the very end, that was depressing. But the, the other thing that really was, I love Jedi Fallen Order, the video game, and the end of Fallen Order, it, Cal Kestis, the character in that, spoiler alert, if you haven't played the game, so tune out if you haven't, um, but in the end of Fallen Order, Cal Kestis goes to Fortress Inquisitorius, which is where this episode takes place. And so it's just cool to see it in live action format from the video games and um, to see like the tunnels that Cal Kestis went through and how the parallels to how Obi-Wan got into there and Cal Kestis got into there. It's just interesting and intriguing. Um, that's about as far as my excitement goes, I didn't recognize any of the Jedi. I had to look them up. Like, probably a lot of people did. But it's, um, a lot of the characters just showed up in the Clone Wars. Uh, they, they wouldn't show up in Rebels because Rebels takes place a little bit after this, I believe. And so, or in the mid, while this is taking place. And so, I, I don't know. I, I don't know a lot of those Jedi that we saw. but. It's sad that it happened, the, the tomb. It's intriguing, and I wonder why Darth Vader has that. But I, I hope we get a Darth Vader spinoff show. Could you imagine how cool <laughs> a Darth Vader show would be? Again, you know, my only defense that I have of this argument is that I'm so done with the spinoffs is Boba Fett. Because they literally took an iconic character with three voice lines and destroyed him in the span of six episodes like which is so funny because when they brought him back in the mandalorian season two he was such a cool character yeah like when he was beating up those stormtroopers robert rodriguez did a great job on that episode and i do not know what happened between that episode and the development of the book of boba fett but like they got him perfectly in that scene but then all of a sudden they're like, we need to make him have compassion. Uh, but Tamara Morrison actually came out and said that if he were to do it again, he would do it differently. And he said, we need Boba Fett to come back and be um, the, the crazy fighter he is. He's a little bit more, uh, he used stronger language than I, I will ever use on the show. But 
Um, he did. Uh, <laughs> he said uh, that they need to bring Boba Fett back and and make him crazier and just the noble warrior he was. So I I think that's and that's that's a different pod. There's another pod. <laughs> I just think some of the things that is so good about Star Wars or one of the, like Boba Fett especially is just the mystique. It's the air of mystique, the air of not knowing. Like that that works so well sometimes, not all the time, but like in plot driven shows or movies that like you don't need to really think past it. But yeah, so I don't know. Darth Vader spinoff. For me, I feel like we know enough about Vader. There's a lot of things that people do say we could know. Like I saw the other day that there's a clipping where when Luke's falling, he sees not just Luke falling, but he sees Padme falling. And, you know, he feels guilty again because he, you know, comes around to realizing like he's hurting his own family. He's hurting his own blood. But like, like, see, these are things that like, even so far in this Obi-Wan show, they touch on, but they don't dive into. Like, the psyche of these characters and why they are the way they are, if they make that compelling, then I feel like it's worth it. And so far in Obi-Wan, we've gotten hints of it, but we just haven't gotten into it. And that's, like, I want to get into it. I want to dissect Obi-Wan, you know? Yeah, I I feel I'm with you on that. This character is such a... The, these two characters specifically, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, they're such broken characters. And we could have had a really interesting season with this. Like, looking at the two of them and their different paths that they've gone on and really going into the mental health aspect of, like, what happens when you're the only one of the only survivors of the Jedi or of your people? And what happens when you become an insane maniac who decides to kill all of your people. And it's there's two different paths that we're looking at, and it creates such a different and unique perspective. I don't feel like we've gotten that show yet. But I'm curious to see how these next two episodes go. I feel like they're, they're going to wrap it up, obviously, but I, I feel like... I feel like this is almost like a dumb, dumb version of what I want. Like a stripped, like a stripped down version. Yeah, a stripped down character study on these these people. Loki was a good character study. Wandavision was a great, a phenomenal character study. Yeah, and I feel like Obi Wan has been mediocre, kind of like how Moon Knight was for me. Yeah. I I agree. So, those are our thoughts on Obi-Wan Episode 4. Uh, new episode drops today, so we will be recording about that. And then it, expect our reactions tomorrow. And uh, jumping into Miss Marvel. can I, I'll start with this one. I did not care to watch this show based on the, t- on the trailers alone. And, you know, a bunch of the, you know, they listed, you know, coming of age movies, John Hughes films, uh, things like that. And, and, and I don't know, just the trailer did not have me interested. However, I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch it. And I genuinely thought this first episode is so good. Like you, like, you know, her on such a, you know, everything she's going through basically, you know? 
We've all been there. And they do it so well. And it's not unbelievable that it's happening. It's just I really do love it so far. And so, you know, for me, if you weren't if you were if you were like me and you didn't know what you thought about Miss Marvel, I would just say give it a chance because I I really did like this first episode. And the only thing I can compare it to are like the Spider-Man movies, um, these new ones, you know, Homecoming, Far From Home, you know, because she's in high school and she's, you know, she's just, you know, she's just coming of age. She's just struggling with all the things that we've we've all struggled with. And they do it so well. <coughs> Excuse me. And yeah, I just so far I'm a fan. Bailey, let me let me pass the torch to you now. What did you think? You're smiling. You're smiling. Don't rub it in my face, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not going to rub it in your face, but I told you so. Um, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was hooked on this when I heard uh, Blinding Lights. I believe that's the song that plays from the weekend. Like, in the trailer from the show. And I was like, this looks like it does look cheesy. It looks like a teen show, and I'm okay with that. Like, I understand that Marvel is branching out to different territories. They're they're going to see different... They're trying to appeal to wider audiences. Like, Eternals was a very different film from what we've seen in the MCU. Same with Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Everything we've seen in Phase 4 has been very different from what we've seen prior to that. Besides the likes of, like, Spider-Man No Way Home. Or uh, what's another one that's come out? Black Widow. That one just was bad. That just wasn't good. But like that's what I'm. What it's so this face has been so diverse and eclectic, and I'm very happy with what we've seen. Their shows, on the other hand, that's where I've been struggling to catch my attention. Like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although it was decent, it it lost its momentum in the final episode um wandavision was really good and we just talked about that when we were talking about loki or not loki uh obi-wan kenobi loki was great and hawkeye was just it felt like a joke and uh moon knight was just not that great either um besides the parts with oscar isaac and ethan hawk um at alone it was a better... I, I wish we got more Moon Knight in that show, but as far as my thoughts on Miss Marvel goes, this movie felt so much like Turning Red and Into the Spider-Verse for me, which, like, Turning Red was is one of my favorite Pixar films. It's just so good. I'm getting sick and tired of it because it's all my daughter will watch. But that and Encanto, and that it reminds me of that movie and Into the Spider-Verse with that other kind of coming in of age and even the weird animations with her with her imagination I, it's such a unique take on a character in the Marvel universe it makes me wonder how they're going to adapt her to sh- a movie like the Marvels which is coming out next year like are they going to still put her imagination in this movie like it's going to be weird to see her character going forward because I feel like that's so unique to this character that if they didn't do it, it'd be kind of weird. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It's I don't know what to think about it. Like, this character doesn't feel like she'll fit in the wider MCU at this moment. Yeah. 
And I feel like, and you know what I think, now that you're saying that, I feel like this this will be her journey to fitting into the wider MCU. This show will. But, you know, it's also like, poor example probably, but like Spider-Man in um, Homecoming, you know? Like, he starts off and he's just kind of like amazed at Tony Stark and all of these things. And even... <coughs> Stark and them realize, you know, hey, you're just a kid. Like you, you have all of these things you need to figure out X, Y, and Z. And then that's his whole movie is the first movie is like figuring out how he's, you know, growing up. And so the show, I feel like even though she might not grow up, she'll still be quirky and she'll still be younger than everybody, but she'll understand her responsibility more and more. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, honestly, I, after you said that it made me think like i wonder if we're gonna get less and less of her imagination drawings that that just pop up on the screen as the episodes go on because like her imagination is to become a superhero and this episode is her journey of a pakistani girl becoming a superhero and so like what happens to her once her real once her imagination becomes her reality like, what's going to happen then? Like, do we get more of that? But that's just a small little concern that I have because it is a unique take. I like the take a lot. But I could see, it, since it is a coming-of-age film, we're going to see this character change from this, this girl who wants to be her own person, who desires um, maturity. And while still being immature and loving the things that she loves. And I, I, I just feel like this is, this is the perfect opportunity for... I th- this is what I wish Spider-Man was in the MCU. Almost. Like, I love what they've done with Spider-Man. I love the character. But I love what they're doing with this. With, with, mm, I'm not doing good with my words right now. I love what they're doing with Miss Marvel. And so I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I don't know how many episodes there are in this. I think there's maybe six or nine episodes. But I I like what they've done so far, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do going forward. I agree. And I really do, you know, on something you touched on a little bit, I feel like those things are just, you know, the animation, the drawing, all those, those are just an insight into her mind. And so even though those might not change toward the end, I think the way she talks or what she's talking about will be much will be different. It'll be changed because right now she's all about, you know, being a teen on social media, getting attention, making a show, all these things. And so, you know, maybe towards the end, she'll realize like she has she has more important things to talk about now or things to focus on. So um, but yeah, if I if I had to get I would say watch this episode if you were if you were wondering, watch the first episode of Miss Marvel. and then maybe stick around for more because I was out kind of, but upon watching it, I was like, this is pretty darn good. So I have to talk about the end credit scene. I, I decided to stay for the credit scene. I was, I was just thinking this feels like it might have a credit scene. So I watched it and um, it has the, the guy that was interrogating Peter, MJ and Ned at the, in Spider-Man No Way Home. And he he's talking to one of his agents and she says she shows him a, vid- a video from Avengers Con 
the video of Miss Marvel using her powers, and the video starts wigging out a little bit, and and then he says, "Okay, we need to bring her in," and so my thoughts are whatever this agency is, whatever they're trying to do, they are going to be creating the Young Avengers. My reasoning behind that is the origin of the Young Avengers happens when there are no Avengers teams um, currently in place. And so with like Hawkeye, another thing that may be spoiler, may not be, I, I don't really know. Um, in the credits, there was a a shout out or there was a credit for uh, Haley Steinfeld's makeup artist. And it says Miss Miss Steinfeld's makeup artist, and so it makes me wonder if she did the makeup for Haley Steinfeld in the show. Like, is she is her, her version of Hawkeye gonna show up at the end of this? And are we gonna be getting a a Young Avengers or Next Avengers TV show, which I could highly see happening. Like, it it seems very predictable for that to happen, especially on a platform like Disney Plus. But that's just my theory for the moment, is that this agency, whatever they are, I don't know if they're a department of what their department is, but um, that's just my theory for that. And then also going on my other theory, like there's been rumors that this has been in place and that the Dark Avengers is coming, which we're getting the Thunderbolts moving, uh, which is going to start filming next year. And so I, I feel like this is where the MCU is heading with non-Avenger teams coming up and what they're going to be doing. It's, it's going to be intriguing. Yeah, because we already had, because I was just thinking about it, we already also had Julia Louis-Dreyfus um, as Contessa in the Black Widow movie, right? And then that was her first you know big screen debut. So I'm... I'm she wondering was also what's going on Falcon there. And, and the then she was Soldier. in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Alongside uh, Wyatt Russell's character. So I wonder, I just wonder what they're going to do with her, you know? I just wonder, I just don't know what's going on, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so it'll be exciting to see what they decide to do. I feel like the future for the MCU is was very up in the air, but I feel like we're starting to get a glimpse into where this is all heading. And it's been kind of a frustrating year and a half or two years since we last started the Phase 4 movies. Um, a year and a half now. And so I, I, it's been kind of frustrating, but at the same time, it's exciting to see where this is all going. So we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe D23, we're going to get a plethora of announcements from Marvel in September. September 9th and September 10th are the announcements for... The 10th is their Marvel and Star Wars panels. And the 9th is, is going to be their animation and live action. Disney's live action and animation departments. Well, do you have any other, do you have any last thoughts on Obi-Wan episode four or the premiere of this Marvel? No, I just want to see the other cosplay costumes that her dad has in his closet besides the Hulk. <laughs> He was really into that Hulk outfit. He was, if he if they had a Hulk, if they had a Hulk cosplay, he was taking home first place, no doubt about it, hands down, number one. He he would. That was that 
part had me cracking up so hard. I just thought it was hilarious, and I, I love the parents in this show. It's going to be really interesting to see her struggling with her desire to be a superhero and her her religion and her customs and going through what a lot of teenagers go through. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that should do it for today's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, share us with your friends. You can email us at uh, abcinema.pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Letterboxd, Instagram. Um, we're all under abcinema or abcinema.pod or abcinemapodcast. Uh, please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think about the show, what you, we should talk about. Um what you would be interested in talking about, your theories, your reactions to shows. We'd love to hear back from you. Uh, we hope everyone has a wonderful day. Uh, and as always, keep watching movies.